Welcome back to the Scribes Journal, take 2.0. Uh, oh, I am gosh. joined reluctantly. <laughs> yeah, we are re recording an episode that we thought we had recorded perfectly, except our audio was <laughs> terrible, like even worse than normal. Oh, yeah. Like, well, here's the thing our audio hasn't been bad since I got the microphone. I don't think so. No, our audio has been pretty good. I mean, the the only thing that happened was the weird internet connection like a couple weeks ago that made my voice go like, but other than that. That's how you talk all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But anyway, so we recorded a a episode and unfortunately it didn't turn out well at all. So we're back to recap (laughs) briefly uh, everything that we did in the last episode. Sorry. Is this where, is this where Editor Scribe wants to come in and, and play a clip of exactly how bad it sounded last time? <laughs> Please, I'm begging uh, you. The intro. We will we will pause and have this moment of non-silence that we wish was silence in memory of our fallen <laughs> episode. Welcome back to the Scribe's Journal. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds, and I am joined this week, as always, by... Welcome back. To Hallmark with Delilah. And we're back. Anyway. There's a reason why we didn't do that episode. And now you know why. Yeah, so, but it's really funny that we're redoing the same episode over again. Because <laughs> our subject for this week is Hallmark. Which is just doing the same story over and over yes! again. And here's the interesting thing. Like, this could have been a total flop. Except for the fact that we actually stopped last episode before the ending we were planning on coming back and recording the ending later so even though some of this episode is going to be us recapping there's going to be new stuff that we had already planned on making new so it was just the perfect time it really was just good timing it really was yes yes and now we know how to fix our audio issues for the future and hopefully there won't be as many issues in the future but there probably will be new and more interesting issues so back to the recap if, in case you don't know who's talking, I am the Scribe of Worlds, your host, and I am joined by the Violet author. Hello! We are doing Hallmark, and so what we did last time was we found a lovely little BuzzFeed generator that we both yeah. took, and... I love quizzes. I love quizzes so much, so this was a real big treat for me. Yeah, and we both filled it out simultaneously, uh, but separately, and we took our answers, uh, and I think we're going to share those. So if you want to go first, Violet, and share what cockamamie Hallmark movie, or Hallmark story, I guess I should say, for BuzzFeed quiz came up with. For sure. Uh, and to, to preface this, I want to say that uh, if you want to do this BuzzFeed quiz, you can find it on BuzzFeed. And do you remember, can we remember the name of it real quick, just so that we can share it so that the viewers can go back and, and uh, find it and play it for themselves? I believe it's this AI will generate your perfect Hallmark movie or something like that uh Mm -hmm. but we will find it and put a link in the description below so you can have it forever so we both filled out the same quiz we got wildly different answers that makes sense scribe and i have wildly different personalities um and so here's the one that i got i got jingle brie a royal rendition when aspiring singer Adrian discovers they are secretly related to a royal family, they join an extravagant Christmas singing competition held at a fancy hotel, sparking a flame with a mysterious competitor who also happens to be royalty. Go figure! Adrian must navigate the complexities of newfound fame, scheming relatives, and snowy rehearsals. With their loyal friends by their side, Adrian discovers that true love and a royal title are just a melody away. 
We didn't explain how uh, the names beforehand. This is true. This is true. I, I realized that as I was letting you go. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, well, but it's fine. <laughs> so, yes, in order to keep a little bit of fun consistency uh, between the two stories, we used very similar names. Violet uh, used the name Adrian, while I used the name Aiden, which we just thought was kind of a fun little, you know, way of nodding towards, hey, we're using the same name, but also different. Yeah, and unfortunately, this was not a viewer-chosen name, but we do love when our viewers send us in names, so feel free to send it's us true. in names, and we will always use them unless they are uh, unusable. And even if we've used them before, we might reuse them, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. Just about no name is off-limits, and I say just about no name because we, we do have limits here. We have limits. So, yes. I will never use the name Abigail. I have bad experiences with Abigails, and I will never use that name on my story. And there's no explanation for that. She, it, it was first grade, but anyway. Mine was Gifts and Gingerbread, a rapping wonderland. And rapping is spelled like rapping gifts, not rapping as in like M&M. Aiden, a clever and festive spirit, heads to their family friend's cozy cottage for Christmas. Little do they know that this merry gathering will lead them on a heartwarming journey. Aiden meets Riley, a talented yet nervous singer, struggling to find the true meaning of Christmas. With Aiden's gift-wrapping prowess and a dash of gingerbread magic, they join forces to wow at the Christmas talent show and learn that the real gift of the holidays is love and togetherness. Love it. Love it. And with the addition of that AI-generated name, Riley. Yes, yes. Which we went ahead and followed along with the Adrian and Aiden thing by naming my character's love interest, Ryland. Yes, I cannot imagine trying to. So here's here's the thing, what we did was we then took these two stories, one about Adrian and Ryland and the other one about Aiden and Riley, and mashed them together like an unholy episode of the MCU. I'm looking at you, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Anyway, however, before we get into the story that we crafted from that, I think we need to go back to our character tropes that we rolled in. I so, forgot entirely about this! Yeah, so we decided that in, in the spirit of Hallmark, we needed to throw a little bit of uh, a couple character tropes that you might see in classic Hallmark movies. And so, for example, the one that I received was a widower's child who's really involved in their parents' love life. Thus, the unspecified aged boy named Jack, who is Riley's son, came into the picture. All we know that he's he's not he's not quite ten. He's probably younger than ten. But anyway, Jack was was spawned from this prompt. Uh, on the flip spawned. side, spawned yes, spontaneously, like Athena from Zeus's head. Just anyway, on the yeah, that's where Athena came from. <laughs> what? Yeah, Athena, Athena started as a headache. Like, Athena is literally the worst aneurysm As of all life. women do. Am I right? Uh, I'm keeping that one in. Just for the subjugation. Slash J. Slash J. Slash not SRS. Oh, boy. So, anyway, Violet received the one that was the widow who's lost the magic of Christmas. Did you use that one? I used Lost the Magic of Christmas. I oh I, I changed it to like the mom. The mom died. Oh. Gotcha, because gotcha. we would both have been widows. Yeah. 
and that was and as fun been... as it was to have some parodies and matches I, I i can see why that would be too much yeah yeah the next thing okay, that we so... rolled was a trope we rolled story tropes but we waited yes. a little while yeah so instead of doing our normal rut row raggy which is spinning a wheel at a random point in time we did at a random point in time violet said that we're going to roll the story tropes and uh what did you get so i rolled Big company taking down a smaller company. Which is a pretty classic. Yes, it is very classic. And you rolled snowed in at a small town. And since we had already placed the story in a small town, we thought we would keep it the same town because otherwise it was going to get confusing. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't have them moving from small town to tiny though. Like it just doesn't work. <laughs> small town to tiny though would not have worked. Uh, so thus was born with mine, big company takes down small company. Scribe created the wonderful Coco's Hot Cocoa, a store that only smells... Sp- sp- you're trying you're doing great cells you just drop all other consonants after s dude all other consonants just se yeah so uh coco's hot cocoa sells cocoa for the masses and uh this is the small business that is slowly being overtaken by ryland uh and his family's partner which happens to be adrian's family and so slowly but surely the town realizes that the only way to save coco's is to perform a uh, mass town talent show a la uh, sing or uh, what was the other example i had um uh the the muppets movie oh yeah yeah where they have a big telethon and a big show and and get some money for tickets and all that kind of stuff and i'm trying not to do a kermit impression because i'm gonna do it really terribly so anyway but yes uh, in that Aiden encourages Riley, who's this young mother uh, with a a son who's somewhere around the age of 10-ish, to join this talent show because she sings beautifully and she's nervous. But finally, he convinces her to join. However, Adrian is also a talented vocalist. Ah, that's a cue. (laughs) I recognize that. Adrian is also a talented vocalist, uh, and I don't know if this was previously stated, but uh, in the what, where, where am I starting from? Am I just going from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, wherever. So Adrian is also a vocalist, a recently grieving vocalist, as her mother has passed away. Uh, and at this funeral, Adrian was given a letter explaining that she's actually connected to one of the wealthiest families uh, in the country, who Adrian's mother estranged herself from originally. So now Adrian feels a certain amount of hatred towards Christmas, because she realizes that all those poor destitute Christmases that she went through could have been saved if her family members had just been a little bit of nicer people. But she attempts to reconnect with them, and during this time is when Coco's Coco shop begins to be threatened by this family that Adrian is unaware of uh, until at the country club that she was invited by her family to reconnect with them at. She meets Ryland, who's actually part of the family that is trying to take down Coco's Coco Club. Uh, but Adrian actually started to fall for Ryland, so there's a little bit of tension there. But after realizing that she hates the rich and doesn't want to have anything to do with them, Adrian, despite not liking Christmas, joins this uh, Christmas talent show competition to try and save Coco's Coco. And this is when she bumps into Aiden. We decided that one of the ways for us to tie their stories together would be to have them have a pre-established friendship. So uh, the story that we chose was that Aiden moved away and that Adrian stayed and was sad about it. 
And now that Aiden has returned, Adrian is was fine with that and was trying to rekindle a friendship. But once they realized that they would be going against each other in this talent show, a a bit of rivalry sort of popped up out of nowhere. And now the two of them are kind of trying to get trying to get each other to lose so that the other one can win. Yeah. Yeah. And on on that note specifically, like the the section that I talked about, Aiden and Riley would be included right there, like uh, at this party that adrian throws aiden meets riley who is also invited by a friend of a friend and that's when they meet he hears her he overhears her singing and says wow you have a beautiful voice and she and then tries to connect riley and adrian because he knows they're both talented vocalists but riley who knows that adrian's family is you know about to buy out and destroy coco's uh says absolutely no way and leaves the party but not before Jack, our plucky hero child, writes his mom's number uh, on a napkin and hands it to Aiden, who then calls the number, and that's how they connect and so on. I'm worried we may have mixed up a few Adrian and Aiden's in there. Adrian's family isn't the one tearing down the Cocoa Place. Ryland's family is tearing down the Cocoa Place. Ryland's family is? Yes. Okay. But Ryland is another powerful company. But he's and the Adrian powerful is still family. Right. Yeah, but Adrian is I guess, now rich, which is new. right. I guess I guess in my mind, Riley, from the town person's perspective, sees all rich people as like monochrome. Like you are rich, therefore you are bad. It's kind I of how I was putting like that. A, I guess it could be more of like a betrayal thing. Like this whole time we thought you were one of us, and now it turns out that Adrian, who didn't even know she was rich herself, you're now like you're one of them. Like we saw you at the country club, like othering almost. Like oh sure, Adrian yeah, that, that would make of, sense yeah yeah so yeah yeah okay i like that i like that a little bit more nuance uh with this specifically so this this adrian this girl from this small town is now quickly become rich like rags to riches prince and pauper style not really prince and pauper forget forget that rags to riches style and now the town sees her and is like you are terrible so i guess that works perfectly see you guys thought that you were just going to get a recap and everything was all nice and neat nothing is ever nice and neat in this podcast so see, you're already you're already getting new information. Um, so yeah, this so Adrian, this is plot holes. We're going back and filling those plot holes. That's great, but Hallmark doesn't do that. Go back and fix their mistakes. No, you're right, they don't. Exactly. Let's just keep. <laughs> they them slap off. that baby on paper and they say, "Stay there." <laughs> I I don't even want to get into to talking about Hallmark movies, but anyway, the point of that being is Riley leaves and Jack gives his mom, who is Riley. Uh, gives his mom's number to Aiden. Aiden then calls that number. Uh, they connect and they start working together to win this competition. But now Adrian is at odds with Aiden because Adrian wants to win this and kind of out of spite, uh, destroy Coco. Destroy Coco's. Coco's Coco. Coco's Coco. We really, Coco we really Coco. screwed us up this episode with how much. Every single name is exactly the same. Especially since I'm dyslexic. So I double yish myself this time around yeah so anyway uh, all that to say if you give us names try not to make them too similar because maybe or do just to mess with us <laughs> exactly i'll give you this name but only either. if you use this name that's exactly the same uh, okay so yes <laughs> during their conversation riley and aiden at this point riley mentions that just christmas feels like a production and she doesn't want to be involved with that kind of a production and 
Aiden, who loves Christmas, says, no, 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 you must understand that Christmas is more than just a production. Christmas means something. You know, it's loud and it's big, but it, it means as much as we give it. And for me, well, for me, it means a lot. Uh, and so Riley doesn't explain that the reason she doesn't like Christmas is because her husband literally died on Christmas Day, like a couple years earlier. She decides that, sure, she'll join this Christmas talent show because, you know, why not? You know, do it in her husband's name or whatever. I don't know. So they start to work on the song selection, which is where the snow, the, the snowed in prompt comes in. Uh, they're working on their songs, but on the night of the big audition, uh, a massive snowstorm blows through and they're stuck, trapped in Cocos. However, uh, she sings so loud and so beautifully that the judges, who are also snowed in at the uh, the audition site, hear her and just unanimously agree that she has to be added into the into the talent show. On the other hand, we have Adrian and Ryland. Mm -hmm. uh, literal enemies to friend to frenemies in this one. Uh, despite the fact that Adrian does not enjoy the fact that Ryland's family is trying to destroy Coco's Coco, uh, Adrian also needs a partner for this duet that she is desperate to win the competition with. So originally she was going to do it by herself, but now that Adrian sees that Aiden has a partner in crime, Adrian feels like she needs it too. And who better to win over the judges than one of the members of the family who is trying to take down the store, in Adrian's mind, to show solidarity that he's trying to help them. And when she asks Ryland, surprisingly, Ryland agrees, but not for the reason that Adrian thinks he's agreeing. Ryland thinks that this whole Coco's Coco thing is ridiculous, and he doesn't actually care. He actually thinks it's a great moment to try and rub Coco's nose in the fact that, yeah, not only are you not going to raise enough money to save her store, but the son of the man who's tearing down the shop just won her competition. So while they both want to win, they want to win for very different reasons. Not that Adrian is fully aware of that. Behind the scenes, the judges are trying to find somebody to judge the talent show overall. And it was at this point that Scribe and I paused to try and figure out who that judge was going to be. We agreed that Ryland was going to pay this judge under the table to come and to judge it, rigging the competition so he would win. However, I came up with the brilliant idea that the judge that we should include should be the classic celebrity special appearance, Meryl Streep. And I loved it. I, <laughs> yes. quite frankly, like the idea of having Meryl Streep in this movie is just, you know, I, I think it makes this, if it was, if it was to be turned into a movie, I think it would make it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep, I, th I think it's perfect. So Ryland calls up Meryl Streep, as Meryl Streep, by the way, uh, and asks, hey, Meryl, can you come judge this talent show and make me win? And Meryl's like, duh, obviously, I'll be there in five business days because she's a busy woman. She can't just drop everything for a talent show, but she'll be there soon. Exactly. So the night of the big competition arrives and the show begins and it's pretty clear that the two best choices of everyone in this town are going to be Riley and Adrian uh, and the Adrian Ryland duo. However, when it's time to go, Adrian ends up deciding to sing a different song than the love song duet she was planning to do with Ryland. And the reasons for this are kind of unclear, but it's a Hallmark movie and it's because she had a change of heart and wants to do what's best for the town. 
as she finishes, Ryland is so moved that he realizes that tearing down Cocos is not what he wants to do, and he will fight against it as hard as the rest of the town. And caught up in the moment, uh, swoops in and gives Adrian a huge kiss. However, this then violates the no PDA clause of the competition, thereby disqualifying them from the possibility of winning. And this is something that Ryland is fully aware of, by the way, when he does this. He does this in order to back out of his deal with Meryl Streep so that she can judge the competition fairly. And also because he's like super mega in love with Adrian, but like that's a other story entirely. Exactly, exactly. So with great confidence, it is Riley's turn. However, Aiden is still wrapping boxes for the set of Riley's song. He finishes with a burst of gingerbread magic, trademarked, and she takes the stage. Now, her song is good, but then the next guest is introduced. It's Jack, the son of the unknown age, who sings a song so beautiful, Meryl Streep's. Meryl Streep's. <laughs> ah, You're I was doing so there. well. Okay. I was doing so well. Oh, she sings she's so... Jack, you said she. Who sings a song? <clears throat> it's Jack, her son of an unknown age who sings a song so beautiful that Meryl Streep breaks down in tears. At the end, the judging is super clear. It's Jack who has won. There isn't been enough money raised to save the Coco place. And so Meryl Streep says she will donate the rest of the remaining money. uh, And the town is so thankful that they rebrand Coco's Coco to be called Steeped by Streep. Mm Mm-hmm. And that would be the that's it probably would end with like them hanging the sign like steep by streep and it would be each couple on either side, like the man holding the ladder, the woman hanging like a garland over the sign, each one leaning down, giving a peck to their partner on the on the on the cheek, and then it like narrows into steep by street and then it disappears entirely. End of story. There we go. That was a yeah, a beautiful, beautiful scene. Yeah, so that was that was what we came up with last time. And like Violet said earlier, we were going to step back from the story, do a little bit of work on our own, and then come back and re-record the ending. So from here on out, it's never been heard. It's all completely newly recorded footage. Technically, all of this was newly recorded. But like, this is even more newly recorded footage because... It is newly, newly recorded. Exactly, exactly. So basically, we have no idea where we're going from here on out. But... What we decided to do was we were going to each write a scene from the story, and I opted to do the very end Riley's song scene, and then Violet uh, has had a couple crazy days. and Just a few. Just a few. And so we are actually going to be live writing another scene for you guys. And yeah, are we ready? Yes. So the scene that I have chosen to write is the scene where Adrian, who has just been invited by her rich family uh, to join them at a country club for a first time outing uh, as a way for her to bond with them. Uh, This is about her joining her family and also meeting Ryland at said country club and discovering that he's the one whose father is tearing down Coco's Coco. Uh, so that's the scene that I'm going to be writing. I'll admit the reason that I chose this scene is because I don't do well with flirtatious tension. 
Uh, and this is a chance for me to kind of kick myself out of my comfort zone and try to write some romance. I'm going to be so, so, so straight with y'all. It's going to be cringe. It might generally sound like a Hallmark movie, but that's the point, And that's why I'm okay exactly. with it, because we are in a Hallmark exactly he so cringy and it's okay and i'm saying that in a super happy voice with no smile on my face that's my plan are you going to be writing a new scene or are you going to be editing your current one and maybe adding on to i i didn't know if you wanted to write your scene together uh but i could also find another scene to write i think it might be, it might be fun. i'm down you could be Ryland. i could be adrian yeah, we can do a whole scene thing, or I'm more than happy to just kind of like follow along what you're writing and add comments or ideas or bounce things off of one another. Mm -hmm. We could throw items at each other and then see them visibly bounce off of the screen on the other person. Uh, you know, that'd be funny. It'd be very funny. Let me get something sharp. No, it's my laptop. Wait a minute. I bought this. Exactly. Anyway, what are we doing? I'm ready. Anyway. I'm ready. We're writing. We'll go once one little one little tidbit at a time, or what? What's yeah? Uh, just just start writing, and when you get stuck, uh, I will be here. In the meantime, I think I'm gonna go back and just look at mine, so it doesn't feel like I'm just staring at you. Yeah. My goal with this section is for them to meet, kind of like each other, and then Aunt Ethel, who I just recently I I made a person in this chapter. You'll read through it. Um, we'll eventually find them and use Rylan's last name. And then that's how Adrian will be like, that's who you are? Oh my gosh, I would have never talked to you if, you know, da 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 da, da. So. Yep. What's Ethel's last name? I, I don't think I gave her one. Let me check. I just called her Aunt Ethel. Ethel Gladberry. Adrian also a Gladberry? E no, I don't think so. I don't think the last name okay. is Gladberry because I think the mother like yeah. wanted to remove that. Adrian. Ooh, what is Adrian? Sadberry. Uh... <laughs> Sadberry. Like okay. E. Sad. Oh, what's the opposite of a berry? It's probably some kind of vegetable, right? Yes. Saddish. Radish. She's a saddish. She's saddish. That like that's saddish. She's like she's okay. She's just a little down on her look. What's Ryland's last name? Um. Okay, it's Mellow. Mellow. Because you have glad, sad, and mellow. You're a genius. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You came up with glad and sad. That's true, but that's good. I was gonna put your last name in there just to mess with everyone. All right, you ready to come back and give this a whirl? So we've gone ahead and written a little bit more. Uh, we have two scenes to share with you, as I have mentioned, and the scene that we have just finished writing, hot off the presses for all of you out there, is the scene where Ryland and Adrian meet for the first time at the country club. So, Violet. Yeah, that is me. Do you want to uh, give your scene a whirl and yes. read it for the world? And to be fair, everything I said earlier about flirtatious uh, stuff, me practicing writing that, went super, super down the drain. I did not write a drop of flirtatiousness. The literal only interactions <laughs> that were between the two characters happened to be the section that Scribe wrote uh, to help me finish it out. So I didn't do anything that I said I was going to do. 
No comment. That's all. Yep. <laughs> yep. I know. I didn't realize it until afterwards. I was like, wait a minute. The whole point of this was for me to freaking. But then we said we were right together. So I was like, we'll write it together. That's and true. I was like, wait a minute. What? Why are we writing it together? We've already written your scene. I feel so bad right now. It's okay. I will task you with writing another scene from the Adrian Ryland arc with whether it's flirtatious, whether it's anger, whatever, you know, but you have kind of a framework from what you started. So I, I'm going to task you with that. And maybe that can be your little Christmas present to the world. I don't want to give the world a Christmas present. I don't like the world. The world okay. sucks. Then write it terribly. And it's no longer a Christmas present. And it's coal in their stockings. Exactly. Exactly. Adrian batted her cerulean orbs. What? I am... Her hair tossed. Okay, let's just read what we have. Let's just read what we have a here. Knock Please. Who so is it? Anyway, you ready? Sadly. Yes. All right. Here we go. The term country club was only something that Adrian had heard about through old rich women acting in black and white movies. She knew they existed. She knew their function was to relax with others at the same socioeconomic level. But now that she idled outside of one in her run-down pickup truck, she realized she should have done a tiny bit more research on the standards expected by country club attendees. Before her, she saw a mansion surrounded by rolling hills of glistening white snow, untouched by human or animal. Christmas lights adorned every inch of the rooftop, and large glass windows revealed a gilded entrance she felt both awed and intimidated by. Addie shut off the engine and slowly exited the vehicle, eyes wide as she took in all of the accents surrounding the building. The fountains, the hedges, even the bricks looked like they had some gold leaf flakes accentuating each rock. She walked into the entrance and gaped at the hall vo high vaulted ceilings and engraved features. The ballroom doors were open. And Addie watched as people in gowns and suits floated and flitted their way around the room. Dresses, oh, dresses. Adrian looked down at her favorite flannel and cleanest pair of jeans with wide eyes and fiddled with the buttons with shaking fingers. Damn it, Addie, always do your research. Without warning, Aunt Ethel entered the scene with a wide, strained smile. Adrian, darling, glad to see you could make it. I do hope you've got a change of clothes in that bag of yours. Addie swallowed. Uh, well, truthfully, I didn't realize country clubs weren't, uh, country. She motioned to the room full of glamour, and Aunt Ethel's eyes narrowed. No, I'm afraid they're improperly named. Ethel's eye twitched before she regained her senses. No matter. Your cousin Charlotte always brings a spare gown in case of a spill. I'll go fetch her, and we'll have you shining like high society in no time. Addie laughed nervously. Great. And if you don't mind me asking, which one is Charlotte? Aunt Ethel pointed to the center of the room, where a large mass of glitter and pink seemed to be wading its way through the room like a jellyfish. Actually, on second thought, maybe I should just head home and... Nonsense! Ethel screeched before composing herself. Nonsense, darling. This is your big debut. I've been raving about you to the entire club. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. With her veiled threat still lingering in the air, Ethel turned and headed for the center of the ballroom. Simultaneously, Addie turned and headed for the exit. Gowns of all sizes blocked her path, and their owners eyed Adrian with confusion and disdain. Desperate to escape, Addie headed towards a door that a server had just disappeared behind a few moments before. She needed to breathe. She needed to think.
Ryland leaned against the wall, eyeing the platters as they made their way to the door. It was a trick he picked up when he was young. You wait on the inside of the service entrance and get first pick. When he was younger, they let him stay because of his innocent charm. Now, they would be the ones leaving if they tried to order him out. His hands outstretched for a toothpick impaling an olive and several selections of cheese, he was cut off by the door banging open and a woman with hair the color of chocolate stumbling through. Ryland eyed her up and down, taking in the jeans and classic flannel. Oh, I get it, he said, eating the first of the cheese squares. Gouda, of course. Excellent pairing. You're dressed for the country club. He nodded approvingly. The woman didn't hear him at first, then registered that there was another person, and not just the servers, standing in the hall with her. What? she asked, fumbling with her hands and avoiding eye contact. I was just commenting on your fashion, Ryland said. I think it's quite the clever fashion statement. You know, country, at the country club. I wish I had thought of it. It's not a statement, the woman said, bluntly. It just wore the wrong thing. She said it softly, as if she didn't want Ryland to know. Tell you what, Ryland said. How about you say it was your plan, and I'll back you up. No, that's okay, she said, still avoiding eye contact. My aunt is going to get me a gown for my cousin Charlotte. Charlotte? Ryland said, trying not to laugh. Isn't she the one who looks like she belongs in some kind of princess museum? The one who has two closets, one that's for clothing that comes with glitter, and one that she adds glitter to? I wouldn't know, the woman said. I don't really know Charlotte. Well, if it's a Charlotte I know, Ryland said, grabbing another passing toothpick of cheese. You're probably for the best keeping what you have on. And if it's not, well, I've never met a Charlotte who doesn't have an outrageous fashion sense, so good luck. The woman cracked a small smile, but her eyes are still downcast. I think I should put it on. I don't want Aunt Ethel to be angry. Ethel? Your aunt is evil Ethel? Ryland laughed. Please, make her angry. Maybe she'll have a conniption and we'll be free. I'll have the Oompa Loompas sing praises. That got a bigger reaction. I think you mean the munchkins, the woman said. It's all Greek to me, Ryland said, shrugging. I'm Ryland, by the way. He held out his toothpick. Care for a bite? It's not a lot, but if you eat enough of them and the little wafers, you can almost pretend it's deconstructed mac and cheese. The woman took it, giving him an open smile and catching his eyes. Thanks. My name is Adrian, but you can call me Addie. Nice to meet you, Addie, Ryland said. Please, don't call me Rye. My sister does that, and let me tell you. He circled his ear with his finger while whistling. She puts Charlotte to shame. Ryland, then, Addie said. He tasted the cheese. Oh, I think that's some of the best brie I've had. Yeah? Ryland asked. Good to know. I think my family requested it to be here. Who's your family? Addie asked. Before Ryland could answer, the door burst open again, and framed in the doorway was Aunt Ethel, her eyes blazing and hair standing up like serpents. Well, maybe that was just Ryland's imagination, but the thunder and lightning that followed her definitely happened. Adrian Radish, Ethel roared. What are you doing here? I told you to stay. It was my fault, Auntie Ethel, Ryland said. He regretted his choice of words when the intensity of Ethel's mighty gaze fell on him. As he shrunk back in horror, Ethel loomed closer. Ryland Mellow, Ethel said. I should have known. Mellow, Addie said softly. You're a Mellow?
Rylan looked over at her, but was too afraid of Ethel to keep looking. Yeah, he asked. So what? I have to go, Addie said. Here's something interesting. I, I really liked it. I found it really interesting how Adrian kind of changed a little bit, depending on who was writing her, and I love it. I like how you took your perception of her and made her like a little bit more like timid and shy and like really anxious to get out of her. And when I was writing her, I was kind of picturing her being a little bit more like sarcastic. But because like we didn't talk about it beforehand, we wrote like really interesting yet different characters really interesting. with the same premise. And I love that. I love that anyone can look at a character concept and come up with their own voice and their own mannerisms, the the small smiles, the fidgeting of the hands, and uh, versus like she's like playing with her buttons, but she's also like looking all around and like literally like gape a mouth and like, oh my gosh. I, I think it's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's one of the issues. Like when you co-write a book, you have to make sure that everyone's on the same page. So like if we were go to go back and actually write this, obviously like we would change character details of how characters act because you don't want your character to be written wrong. So yeah, that's really interesting. I obviously I didn't know that because you know otherwise I would. No, you're good. I I'm, all, I'm glad that you didn't because we got a cool study and like just. Yeah. how unique things can be written depending on who they're being written by and how different they can be and i love that i think at some point we should do an episode on like co-writing we've uh, we've never done it before i don't think like other than writing our sections here i can't remember a time that we have actually co-written something i think that could be very interesting yeah uh, we will put it in the uh in the docket in the, in the ideas document i like it Okay. Slacker me wants to ask if you want me to write anything for like a pre or a post of what you've written, but also I understand if you're like happy with the way it ended and you don't want to goof it. I kind of like the way that mine runs. Perfect. Don't worry about it at all. I'll write a pre I'll write a prelude with Jack. <laughs> Honestly, please do. Write write Jack's perspective of this scene. So this is the end of one chapter and the start of the next. But again, this is right before Riley is going to go out on stage for her big song and dance or whatever. The Christmas concert. Uh, now, in this version, the set that they were going to use has just been destroyed. And they are currently trying to make as many presents as they can to use as a replacement set. Are we going to under are we going to get to know what the gingerbread magic is? You better listen and find out. Oh my gosh. Aiden's hands moved almost of their own accord. A box in the center of the paper, one edge up, then the other. A careful origami fold to make sure that none of the backing was showing. 37, he called. Jack, just finishing a box too, added his to the pile. We were at 34 when I started that one, he said. Aiden was already finishing the 39th box. My parents were big on Christmas. I grew up doing this every day for about a month at Christmas time. Jack reached for the last box, but Aiden was faster. Jack instead took a seat, kicking his legs as he watched Aiden finish the box faster than his young eyes could follow. What's the secret? Gingerbread, Aiden said, without missing a beat, then threw a grin over his shoulder as he tossed the box to the seated boy. Jack caught it. Gingerbread, he said, doubtfully. If you had eaten the gingerbread pancakes this morning, you would have been able to keep up. Aiden said seriously. Jack just rolled his eyes. From behind them, Riley appeared, her sparkly dress catching the veiled lights. You finished? she asked in shock. It wasn't that hard, Mom, Jack promised, looking up at her. Aiden smiled at her from where he was wrapping the empty paper tube to look like a giant peppermint stick. 
just a little gingerbread magic. Isn't that right, Jack? Thank you, Aiden, she said, smiling shyly. I can almost believe that we might win now. We're definitely going to win, Jack said. You are going to do great, Mom. The act before theirs was finishing up, and the stage crew was beginning to break down the set to prepare for Riley. You got this, Aiden said, as the crew started to gather their massive pile of presents. Riley paused, reaching out to touch his face in gratefulness. No PDA, Jack shouted, leaning forward on his seat. The moment broke in a burst of laughter, and Riley turned to go onto stage. Aiden watched her go, a smile breaking on his face. You love her, don't you? Jack asked. He had gotten out of the chair and was now standing next to him. Aiden looked down and put a hand on his head, ruffling his hair. Yeah, Jack, I do. Good, Jack said, trying to fix his hair. She should have someone who loves her. Riley was throwing them a look, and they both gave encouraging thumbs up. You got this, Mom, Jack mouthed, and then the music started. They had practiced this song so much that it felt like Aiden could sing it himself. He found his lips moving with Riley as she started to sing. It took his breath away, and from the glimpses he could see of Mrs. Streep, her stern face was giving away to a softer expression. Riley's dress sparkled as she swayed, radiating light like her voice radiated joy. It bounced across the room and landed in the wings, where Aiden tucked it next to his heart. Jack was likewise enraptured, swaying and murmuring the tune under his breath. Aiden put a hand on his shoulder. Whatever came, regardless of whether they saved Coco's, be together. And that, he knew, was the real something behind Christmas. Just like this, all the show, Glitz and Meryl Streep, was just the town, gathering, to be together. Christmas had a meaning. And that meaning was family, found or otherwise. Chapter Break Riley came off the stage, smiling broadly. Hoping they weren't violating the ban on PDA, Aiden gave her a huge hug. You want to get some cocoa when this is all over? He asked. Yes, please, Riley said, then pulled away. Jack, where are you going? It's my cue, Mom, Jack said, pointing to the stage. I've got to go. What? Riley asked, taking a half step forward. Um, you knew this? Jack said. Remember? You signed the permission form? Now, this will reference something that Jack got Riley to sign, like some form or other, without ever telling her what it was. Um, we didn't mention that, but I just kind of threw that in, yeah. He gave them a sly grin, then turned around and walked onto the stage. When did he put that suit on? Aiden asked. It looked like something Bing Crosby would wear, with a neat tux and a clear-cut bow at the neck. Oh, that little rascal, Riley mumbled. Just like his father. On stage, Jack was introducing himself. Instantly, Aiden remembered that the act to follow Riley's had been called The Little Prince. But Jack's name had never shown up on the program. The music started, the lights died down. Soft music started playing, and Jack started to sing. His voice is low. Aiden said, surprised. He sounds so big, Riley said, wiping her eyes. My big little boy. Jack's voice rose in volume and pitch, hitting notes near Riley's range. Each one was clear and crisp, without any of the sharp cracks that could have easily formed. Then it dropped back down to a midline register full of tone and breath. Riley was openly crying. Aiden pulled her close, feeling some measure of pride as Jack pulled the song into a brilliant conclusion leaving everyone in the house stunned and breathless. As soon as the applause started, Riley bolted for the stage, nearly tackling her son as she knelt, pulled him close. 
I denounce this display of affection, Jack shouted into the microphone. This is a blatant attempt at disqualifying me. Let me go, Mom. The room, still filled with the emotion of the song, broke into tearful laughter. At the head of the applause was Meryl Streep herself, standing, and in between, wiping her face from tears and laughter, clapped long and hard. Well done, she said, taking a seat. Well done. And oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love it. That's so cute. Oh my gosh, it's adorable. You got so much of the details in there. Thank you, thank you. I liked the gingerbread magic. The gingerbread magic was very good. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out how to do the gingerbread magic, and that just kind of ended up... It worked, so I just kind of made it more of a joke than actual magic, because I'd love to see Jack's perspective of this, because honestly, Jack is my favorite character, which I think is is the point. Like, you're Mm -hmm. supposed to walk away from this being like, wow, Jack is like, you know, clearly the true hero of Mm -hmm. Beck the Hallmark. Him and Meryl Streep. Yep. So those were our sections! That was super fun. I plan on writing another short story and putting that out on my Instagram based around this world relatively soon. Uh, I'll probably just have it be uh, in a couple of different posts and like you can swipe through and read the whole thing in one post, which I think that'd be a fun way to to do it. I've never done that before. And I've been looking for a way to do some content. So that could be a nice way for me to actually attainably be able to do content. That being said, we apologize for the strangeness of this episode. We figured out what happened with our mics, so it will not happen again. Uh, But uh, thanks for sticking with us through the craziness, and I hope that this was still as enjoyable of an episode hearing our planning after the fact as it was hearing it during the fact. Uh, And I'm sure that towards the end, the readers, the the listeners, got some some enjoyable uh, banter from us, uh, even with the beginning of it. indeed. So... Wow, we are like a week away from Christmas, basically. Oh my um, gracious! So I know we will see if we have a uh, another episode this coming Friday, the twenty second. If we don't, don't hate us. We have lives, and sometimes our lives get a little crazy. But we are hopeful to uh, get one out for you. And if we don't, then we do wish you the merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Year's, and we will see you in the new year. Um, so in the meantime, go ahead and follow us on social media. You can follow me at Scribe of Worlds on Instagram or the Scribe of Worlds Facebook page or scribeofworlds.com. There's a lot of places. You could even go on YouTube if you wanted to. I every so often uh, update that with some videos. And then you can follow Violet at the Violet Author on Instagram. She has stuff on there, and it's a lot of fun. And you just heard that she's promised to make more content. So go over there and bug her until she does. Yeah, that's please what do. I don't needs. get anything done unless people bother me. So that's actually it's very true. helpful. It's true. But yeah, if you have any names that you would like us to use, if you have any plot suggestions or title ideas for any of our episodes that you think you could name better, let us know whether it be on Instagram or personal messages. And I think I think that's it. Again, hopefully we will see you next week. But if it's not until next year, wander well. Goodbye.